Hi, everyone. Welcome to the timingresearch.com crowd forecast news for February 6th, 2023. We are recording this at 1 p.m. Eastern time, and this is episode number 375. And uh, my name is David Cosmeter. I'm the creator of timingresearch.com. And uh, today I have, uh, I'm happy to welcome Sonny Harris and Michael Filigera back. Uh, so they were both on last week, and so we'll, we'll get an update from them. And the option professor is back to moderate. I'm going to turn it over to him. Okay. And we had great information last week, so I'm sure we're going to get some good stuff here this week as well, because obviously the world changed quite a bit last week with that unemployment report. And uh, so we're going to talk about what that might mean. Uh, both you guys were looking for the stocks to go up uh, quite nicely and then hit some resistance is exactly what happened. So uh, before we get started, uh, Michael and Sonny, let's start out with Sonny. Uh, introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about your company. Thank you. I'm a mathematician, trader, and programmer. I've been a professional trader for 42 years. I love to mentor, tutor, and consult and do one-on-one -on -one coaching with people who are traders and want to get better or people who haven't started yet and want to learn. I'm an easy language programmer. I do custom programming for people, and I'm the author of six best-selling books, soon to be seventh. It's almost done. I do a newsletter every Sunday night called Sunny Side of the Street. And I have a live trading room on Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific time. Oh, and I do free podcasts. Absolutely. Okay. And Michael, a little bit about yourself and again, what you're doing at your company. Okay. Um, hi, everybody. Michael Filigara here. I am the proprietor, owner, et cetera, et cetera, of tradershelpingtraders.com and also logicalsignals.com. Uh, through Traders Helping Traders, um, I have two channels on uh, YouTube and uh, where I post daily updates on the S&P and the NASDAQ, so the S&P 500 future and the NASDAQ 100 future. Uh, also, once a week, I am <clears throat> posting a big picture update, uh, which, as Jim alluded to, was extremely interesting this week, uh, the one that I posted actually on Sunday morning. Uh, so I look forward to maybe filling in some of that uh, information today. And uh, I have a trade room. I also offer coaching uh, pretty much on the same basis as what uh, Sunny discusses. It's like for people that are looking to improve their skill, looking to work on mindset, looking to work on a problem area, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I'll just leave it right there. Sure. Okay. Well, let's get started with the, our question of the day. You know, we always start out each week with uh, where the market opened, and I'm using SPX at 4118. So, S&P 500 at 4118 is our start point today. And then uh, where will we be on Friday? Always a nice uh, little guest to have. And uh, Sonny, where, where are you thinking? And why don't uh, maybe you throw up your Sunny bands. We'll see where you're getting your um, ideas from. Okay, I can do that. Somebody needs to un unshare. There we go. Yeah, you should be able to know. Got it. All right. Um, last week, I said I was 70% sure it was going up. Yep. This time... And Looking at these sunny bands, this is the ES futures contract. Mm -hmm. And you can see it's given a sell signal here on sunny bands. We had a blue bar above the green band and a red bar below. So I think we're going by the end of the week down to, what does that say, 40? 40, 50, ballpark. 40, 48 to 40, 50. Yeah. And then the last week, you did think it would go to the upper band, which is exactly what it did. So it that did was a nice little, that was a nice rally to catch there. And yeah. now, obviously, uh, the winds of change have blown. So you're going to go with the winds of change. That's right. Yeah. And uh, your confidence level is pretty good on this one? Over over 50, at least? Yeah. Over 50, yeah. Yeah. All right, Michael, what are you seeing on your uh, stuff? What are you thinking? 
Um, I'm you thinking that this is. Oh, okay. I will. I'll share. That's yeah, it's good one. to look at the stuff you're looking at so people get an idea. Yeah. So if I go over and let's just put up the S and P on the day. Oh, it's like I got a lot of stuff in here. Let me just kind of. I take would say off you've got enough data there. I've got enough fibs here to to call the world. Um, what is becoming more difficult, but I, I'm going to try. I've left open the possibility that we had one more run up again, as as we discussed last week. It went up and hit my my resistance zone on the nose, and then turned immediately off of that. Um, so it, what I'm finding very interesting right now is that I've had to leave open the possibility it's going to go up and do another. So I base what I'm talking about, or, or even saying higher or lower now, on Friday's expiration, because that seems to be the ticket. And I kind of try to line up to where I see the open interest coming in, and it remains at 4,200. So while my gut tells me lower, I think that I also need to include that prior, possibly prior to Friday, we do go up and retest those highs. So, but I am also going to be what everybody else is saying right now and say lower, but I'm only going to go 50% based on what I see uh, the larger traders looking at. Yeah, we've still got 50% of the S&P that's going to still report in the next two weeks. So you got plenty of news on the earnings front. And then you've got uh, Powell and uh, Biden talking tomorrow. And we've had a pretty good uh, short-term sell-off. So uh, some people do think on Wednesday or Thursday, um, you know, people may uh, stop the selling and, and bounce it a little bit. So that's uh, that's pretty much consistent with uh, some things that are going on out there. Uh, what's your uh, confidence level on this kind of idea that we might bounce? 50. 50%. Yeah. 50%. yeah. Got to sit in the middle of the road on this one, unfortunately. Yeah, I um, I think, uh, you know, again, uh, the boat got very, very tilted towards yields were going to keep dropping, the dollar's going to keep dropping, and inflation's going to keep dropping. And now after Friday's report, those yields have risen 30 uh, basis points on the two-year, back above 440. The, um, the what do you call it, the inflation, you know, uh, picture with all these people working and out there spending, uh, you know, the rough racket to get that down. And uh, the dollar obviously um, is no longer at 110, 111 on the euro. It's at 17. So, you know, a lot yeah. of the uh, a lot of the people who bought into this uh, fever or uh, actually, you know, euphoria, I would call it euphoria uh, that we saw in January um, are obviously rethinking that because uh, what they bought in on uh, doesn't seem to be there anymore. Right. At least temporarily. Okay, well, um, again, uh, let's go back over to Sonny. And Sonny, why don't you put your stuff up there and uh, the bands. Explain the bands a little bit to people who are new here and, uh, yeah. and give some ideas on uh, why don't we put some different uh, indexes up there and see where they might go. Because, you know, uh, if you have a broad idea of where the S&P is, that tells you one of the bigger companies. If you have um, uh, the QQQs, that gives you a decent idea on tech. And then, of course, you do IWM and you'll get your small cap uh, big picture. So let's look at the, the three lead dogs here and see where they might be going. S&P, uh, we already covered this. So you think it might be pulling back a little bit potentially towards that. Well, uh, it, might not end the, it might not end the week down, but it's a lot, definitely in my uh, study, it's definitely going to hit this DMA. So it's got a little lower to go. It could yeah. easily bounce right back before Friday. Yeah. And then, like I say, you could bounce and then go right back down again. You know, it could just be what they call a little bit of a short term bounce. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but it looks like the red, the, obviously, the red uh, boxes are uh, in the control right now. Yep. That's you know? true. 
What do you uh, want me to do? Let's go to QQQ. That's uh, your NASDAQ. And we'll probably look at uh, SMH, which is all your uh, semis. So here, we, oh yeah, here we go. So this thing really, you know, I mean, it was up 15% in the month of uh, January. Yeah. And, and uh, by the way, the uh, worst companies for profitability were doing the best. In other words, on the small cap uh, stuff and, and uh, companies that weren't making money, they outperformed the uh, small cap companies that were making money in the that's month. True. So, you know, you had a, that's a very speculative fever at that point. So anyway, let's see what you see on QQQ. Well, we had a, Sunny Band's buy signal that was activated right here on this blue bar. So it's been long all this time. Mm -hmm. And we had a gap up there that they're trying to fill now. They've come pretty close to filling it, actually, right mm -hmm. through here. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, uh, this last bar, it's a doji bar. You can barely see it, but it is red. So that's a sell signal on the Sunny Bands. The Sunny Bands are, consist of two moving averages. They're my dynamic moving averages. And by that, I mean, they avoid most whipsaw and unlike other any other moving averages. And they calculate their own inputs internal to the code. So when purple's on top, I'm typically short. And when gold's on top, I'm typically long. So gold's on top starting right here. So that's late. But the sunny band's buy signal comes in right there and is then confirmed. Mm -hmm. So the sunny bands are 1.2 and 2.0 average true ranges from the DMA, dynamic moving average. Okay. And I read them when the when it goes down and under and reverses on blue, then I go long. And when it goes up and under, then I reverse on red. Okay. So right now it does look like it's on the defensive a bit, eh? It does. It looks like it's retreating a little bit. It's trying to hold that 300 area. Yeah, sure is. But uh, so if you're going to get a bounce, it might come out of the 300 area. If you come right if, there. If it takes out the 300 area, there could be a little bit of an air pocket down towards 290. Well, let's see the sunny band or the dynamic average 292. is 292. So yeah. that's what I'm suspecting. Yep. So then that gives you some parameters to work with, really. And that's what we kind of, I think that's one of the best ways of uh, doing the trading is create parameters and op operate accordingly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, what about um, IWM? That's your, well, now, before we leave, what about SMH? Those are all your semiconductors, which have gone nuts as well. Let's see if that seems to be. Uh, exactly the that. same configuration as the yeah. QQQ. Yeah. Little tiny red doji bar right there. Yeah. Which, I mean, that, that could foretell a move back up because nobody can make a decision right here yeah so it's really hard to tell well that's because it's confusing because you know the economy um you know has some pretty darn good strength to it with that job market and the mm -hmm. uh, the services ism jumped way into the 50s from 49 and new orders were up 15 percent and so there's a real, but of course, why would we be surprised? I mean, you got 3.4% unemployment and while wages are not accelerating, they're certainly not going down. It's still a plus number right. and, um, and people spend money. I mean, that's what right. people do. You know, they, they made a big joke. You never stand between a U.S. consumer and a cash register or you're going to get <laughs> killed. So, you know, I mean, like I say, and, and they don't care what the credit cards are, apparently, because the credit card usage is coming up at a record. And I see the rates that they're being charged unless they pay it off right away, which is possible. Um, but, um, yeah, so. Uh, the economy, uh, as far as uh, that kind of stuff, looks extremely strong, yet the earnings are getting pinched because of even with inflation making the revenue higher year over year, 
the actual earnings peaked last year because um, the um, the expenditures to get the earnings uh, obviously is squeezing the margins. So you got the earnings uh, coming down and margins increase, uh, you know, squeeze going on. But then you've got these people all working and uh, and spending. And then, of course, the wild card is you got, what, 1.4 billion people who haven't gone anywhere in three years over in China. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're trying to figure out what that's going to do uh, as well. So that's why I think there's some confusion here. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, these yields don't seem confused anymore, though. They seemed like they were trying to rise again. So and everybody was uh, selling bonds, Michael, don't you think, uh, on the TV and everything? Buy bonds, buy bonds, buy bonds. And so yeah, uh, they were. I think they're now you know, exiting all those positions pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and they also were killing the dollar. The dollar's going to go down. Dollar's weak, dollar weak, dollar weak. I mean, the I, euro long and the long bond market, you know, was uh, extremely popular uh, going into last week, right? Yes. I have I have a couple of things. If we're ready to switch over, um, yeah. Let's let's uh, well let's look at one last thing uh, with her uh, with uh, okay. Sunny on the uh, IWM, which is your small cap. Because I got some small cap and mid cap uh, ETFs that have just gone nuts in the last month. Um, got people the are same sell signal on this one. Blue bars went outside the upper band, and red bar came back inside the yeah. upper band. So yeah. we're going down to this DMA. And if you look, can you see where the cursor goes horizontally over those prices back in here? See these prices? That's where we're going. And that's right at, at the DMA. And it's a, what I call an attractor. Mm -hmm. Support, mm -hmm. resistance, moving averages, Fibonacci lines, all those things attract price to them. Uh, I think that's where we're going. Yeah, because uh, this statistic that I heard today was that um, – the uh, companies that are small cap and losing money outperform the small caps that are making money by the largest margin on a record. Hmm. To me, that sounds speculative. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're buying up the companies that are losing money at a much faster on a record basis, more than the companies that are making money, somebody's gambling. Yes, everybody's gambling. And and uh, like I say, with the with the trend uh, with the thing going up like that, and then that red red box, it might tell me that uh, that gamble is uh, is at least over for the time being, huh? And I had dinner with friends on Saturday night, and they were saying we're going to buy more stocks. The market's going up again. We're buying. Yeah. So now, like I say, a lot of the moving averages are under the market still. So obviously you can't uh, you can't fight that technical condition. So, you know, if we were under thirty nine fifty on the S&P, I would definitely change my tune. But uh, if you're if you're above it, it can get choppy as it's trying to hit a high point, because, you know, like I say, um, there, there's this cycle that I was seeing a presidential cycle that goes from the end of the um, uh, October of the second year of the presidency to mm -hmm. April of the third year. This was put out by Jeremy Grantham, who's a pretty sharp guy out of Boston. And he says, and I went back and tested it. And uh, during that period, if you got in in October and got out in April, it was up just like about every year going back. To, I went back to 70. So that's a pretty good history of uh, that cycle working pretty good. But uh, we're not we're getting to the end of that cycle closer than the beginning. Right. Because we're going to be in uh, February, March here pretty, you know, right now. Um, Michael, why don't you put your stuff up there and, uh, and share what you're thinking? OK. Uh, let me get this chart up. Um, what I did over the weekend and, and just basically what happened when, when we got that employment situation data and the market reaction and we saw the dollar and we saw the bonds. Prior to that, I, my problem in trying to group it all together, 
Um, first, just very quickly, I have what I call my pecking order. And at the top of the pecking order is interest rates. Interest rates control everything, everything that we do, because it's how much it's got, what it's going to cost you to borrow money, what's going to cost you if you're lending. So what you're going to get if you're lending. So interest rates are in control of everything. And then underneath that, we have treasuries. We have the bonds. And then underneath that, we've got the currency. Then underneath that, we got corporate, which to me is our markets. And then last on that list is retail. So everything will drip down to us last as retail you know, folks out there in the world. But if we started back at the top, the big change that started in interest rates when that number came out is like, oh, we're not going to go, you know, the, the, the yields are not going to continue to drop. The Fed's not going to pivot. Boom, up go the yields, the dollar next down the line. Boom, we're going to buy the dollar because it's gonna, I'm going to get more interest for my dollar. They follow it all the way down. You're going to now see, okay, what comes next? And then finally, you get equities, which is, should be declining, which they did. What stands in the way of the decline, as we had last week, as you mentioned, Jim, all a lot of people say, hey, everything's looking great. We got a great economy. We got this, we got that. And the thing is, it's like, stop trying to be six months out in advance of the market. Because what's got to happen before that is we have to continue to filter through to see what what's happening in the interest rates now. Now, my thought process is, and I'm just going to put up the 30-year and the 30-year bond, we did on an Elliott basis, I go one more up and I can show you, we did five waves down, right? So, and this is actually the the, the real high for uh, the bond prices. This was a, was a one-off type of just throw up that happened during COVID. Uh, but here- is, That's like is a half a percent interest or something like that, which is obviously like a big, a big yeah. joke. Yeah, that was the cyclical bottom, uh, grand cycle bottom, yeah. Of right. rates, grand cycle type top of the price. Yeah. Right. So we get right there. And that's where the 30-year bond lowest rate was 1.17. Right. So on a year, on a bond price basis, we've gone down five waves. So what comes after five waves on an LA basis, you're going to get a three-wave counter trend rally in terms of bond price, a counter trend decline in terms of yield or rate. So if I flip this over to the 30-year rate, then we're going to see all the opposite. And we're going to see this incredible five-wave rally, not a decline. Uh, let me just go over. I can do that. So you're going to switch from the price to the yield, actually. I am. Yeah. So that's easier for people to understand anyway. They know. So uh, you can go. see, and if I bring it just even, I think I can get it to where it's a little bit cleaner and not necessarily that. Yeah. You're going to see that. Here's here is the yield. The yield did five waves down, right? And that takes us all the way down to we had that five waves up in the bond, and here we have it. So this is equivalent to what we saw in in the bond price sitting up at the top in mm -hmm. 2020. Right now, so we've reached that low here, and what have we done? Five waves up, right? So for us, for the for the yield, it's higher rates. Rate is is running higher. So now what we're doing, now that we've done the five up, is we got to have three down. Right. What that also signifies, and this is the important part. So we're now in the internal part of this. Now I got to bring it off of that monthly so we can see it. It's it's hard to see, but see, we're in the internal, the A, the B, and we're going to do a C wave. So I'm looking at the potential that what we're going to fill in here is that the yield's going to go back up only to just finish the move. And then we will return to a period where, see, this is the A, the B, the C, 
and then we're turning in the B wave, which will take us up, and then we have another C wave down. So I'm still thinking we got it out there. Now I'm going to just quickly go back over, so because it makes more sense if you're looking at bond price. And I know, yeah, it but no, but uh, like I say, I'm familiar with the yield. So you're, I'm trying to just you know get to the cliff notes of this a little bit. In that, you know, you think right now we went down to uh, whatever we did, 340 or whatever on the yield. And now we could go up and do a little bit more back to four, back up just, towards just four, to, to like back but, to four. But but you think something will cause the yield to go back down again before it goes back up? Yes, yes. So more so, like so, more like a go towards four, like you know we went down towards three. Uh, so let's call it three forty, and then we're now going back up three sixty or whatever, and then it might go up towards up to four, four, and then, and then we're going to drop back down to that three, down, three and a half level. Yes. Yeah. So it's going to end up being what what I would term a big flat. You know, the high, uh, the highs and the lows are just going to form a box. Gotcha. And then and then eventually what takes over after that. So, so, and here's the bond, the 30 year bond. I think we get down, that was the low. So if it's a perfect flat, you're gonna see there was the first, there was the second leg. Now we're gonna come down in a C wave. We're gonna come back towards 124.11. Okay, yeah. And then once that's done, then we got bond prices moving up, yields down for, for the second round. And that finishes the larger ABC. And once that's done, then we get the, the the real nasty. We get the second five waves down and bomb price up in yield. Right. So that's still hanging out there. So what people are kind of getting worried and excited about now is just not really the drop that I'm looking for. Unless, I mean, it can be, but it's going to have to slam through 124.11 and in terms of the 30-year bond. Now, we're already seeing a massive move in the two-year. You mentioned that before. That two years looking, look at this. And the, well, the inversion uh, went into the 80s too. So uh, the inverted <laughs> yield right. curve is even more. Uh, we do have a CPI report. People should note this. Uh, CPI comes out on February 14, which uh, would be um, a week from tomorrow. about a top. Yeah. And so, yeah. So what you're saying, we could we could see the yields uh, go up and maybe on uh, the 14th, if CPI came out with a very uh, accommodative print, in the fives or something on 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 the consumer prices that might be very helpful to the bond market and that might be what make yields drop again yes and throw and throw a bond price putting in a nice uh, rally so here again yeah. in, in the two year we're already there we're already at the bottom a b one two three four five so i'm looking like we get down to 102 in the two-year note mm -hmm. and then we start the next rally right that's in bond price yeah no the yields back down Right. Yeah. So, and that will coincide with, oh, a better, an improved number in CPI again. So blah, blah, blah. Inflation is under control, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. we'll go up, but then that just sets the stage for the next slam dunk. Yeah. So no, because this uh, 9% inflation going down to five or four is going to be what they call the easy wood to chop. And then the fact that uh, the unemployment rate is 3.4% is going to make it very tough to go anything right. under four i agree I, so I that really means fed fund, that probably means why fed funds would have to go into the fives because at right. some point fed funds has to get above the inflation rate right and i think what becomes confusing jim and you you started to mention it, it's like having people understand it's like well i thought people going back to work is a good thing it is it is, it is but it's not thing. gonna it's not gonna kill inflation exactly correct and it's but, not gonna cause a recession exactly correct again yeah. 
but it is going to cause it, it could tip our scales and throw us into a deflationary period i.e what we saw in 2009 where we got this massive deflation going on and again that's going to be triggered by something as it was then it will be triggered by something again we just don't know what that's going to be because well, goldman sachs goldman sachs today announced that they don't think real estate is going to drop that much in most regions of the country particularly the northeast and middle right. uh so if real estate doesn't uh, bend you're not going to get much of a wealth effect uh, feeling and um Obviously, the, the stocks are coming back pretty good. And if we do get a drop in yield, you know, that could light the fire under this uh, tech stuff again <laughs> and cause uh, more of a speculative boom. So, you know, that's uh, mind you, mind you, the one thing you did mention and you just gave a one sentence on it. Consumer debt. Yeah, that's that's out there. And we yeah. know we know these carts are charging 30 percent or more. Yeah. Unless you've unless you're top unless they pay it off. And since they're working, they might be paying them off. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But as things tighten up again. Yeah. So again, so, you know, we can't forecast out in the future exactly what's going to what it's going to be. Right. Because as we, as we discuss here, there are many economic things, but there are many geopolitical things still sitting out there unresolved. There's going to be a big spring offensive by Russia. Amen. Yeah. There you go. How do we you, know? You never know about these Chinese weather balloons. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, true. they certainly they didn't uh, they didn't uh, take uh, the shooting down of it very well. So no, they didn't. They wanted it back. Yeah, yeah I'm sure we need to investigate what was inside the thing. What yeah, are right. they spying on? Yeah, when people hear a balloon, they think it was air in there. And there obviously was all kinds of stuff in there. That's why they didn't want to shoot it down and spread the debris all around uh, the homes of Montana, you know? Right. And so, um, and Texas. And Texas, I got, right? I got gold up, Jim. Yeah, I just wanted to mention, you know, we talked about that possibility of going down towards that gap between uh, 1825 and 1845. And we lost 100 bucks in gold last week. So that wasn't a in bad two days. Thing. Yeah. In two days. Yeah. And and those those and, gaps are attractors, you know. They certainly are. They they, they, they truly are. are. And the thing is, it's like it, it surprised me. And now it doesn't necessarily break the the count, although I did switch it around. And what gave me the hint, folks, is silver. If you remember, Jim, when we were talking about yeah. silver, I said I, I'm really in a quandary as to why silver's not catching fire because right. the initial thing out of that was this big three up. And I thought, well, that doesn't look very good to me. And then, but then it did this. And I'm like, okay, so this presented itself as a big X wave. So in other words, it did another ABC. And now we're likely going to start coming down. Now, it can save its hide by not dropping below that and turning around and going back above 25. Right. But I don't necessarily see that. I think the pressure is on the metals right now. And so... You got two very you got two good lines in the sand, Michael. Nineteen seventy five and twenty five bucks. Those are very good lines in the sand because if they start right. exceeding those levels, uh, it could be um, you know happy days are here going again in a big way. Huh? Yes, there you go. Yeah, I mean, that, people who want to buy into this stuff, they you know they want to probably get in there because they think a big move's happening. I, I think most people who buy metals, you know, either they're holding it on to it because of some you know um, asset tangibility thing, or they're thinking the prices may explode. Well, you know, the prices can't explode unless they get above nineteen seventy-five and above uh, twenty-five bucks. But if they get above those right. two levels, you can see there's a lot of black hole up there, right. and so there's there's nothing to stop it if it starts going through those numbers. Right. And uh, and then if you have a reason for it, you know, then you've got quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of activity, and it still doesn't seem to be an overowned asset by any means, right? 
my show but, but to- I'll tell you but who's conti- I'm sorry Sonny, but who's continuing to jump and buy this and that's central banks yeah not just China not just European Central Bank not just the Bank of Japan we're talking central banks across the globe are jumping in and they are buying gold yeah so I think that they stepped in and the sell-off had its reasons the dollar going up a hundred pips you know on Friday that helped. That helps switch a lot of things around. And but gold can save itself here, or we've just opened the door again. If it starts to break down, and again, your line. Yeah, it's had a big run. I mean, that chart speaks for itself. So it's gone from 16, 1700 up to nineteen fifty. So it's not like it's uh, on the on the bottom anymore. So it, it it will ha- it will have some pressure to keep going. Sonny, you had a comment on the gold. Let's let Sonny get in here and and give her ideas. Sure. I, I have two really strong attractors on gold, one at the top of the recent move and one just down below where we are right now. I don't think we're going much further down. The one that's right below current price is very strong from uh, December forward. Uh, Sonny, you can go ahead and throw your chart again. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, then we don't have to worry what's in your mind. We'll you see. You can't it. read minds. I can't read minds. Well, Here's the the two attractors. There's a line, an orange line right here, and an orange line at 18. So we've got one at 1963 and one at 1848. And I think that 1848 move is almost done. Yeah. I think we've come down close to it. Here's a blue bar that's trying to get there and hasn't quite. I think as soon as it hits this attractor, and which coincidentally is the bottom sunny band, I think we're going back up again. Yeah. So that makes it then in an Elliott basis that would make what we just saw that drop off in 1975 would be a fourth wave. We run up on a fifth and then do another correction once we're up there. But I think that could be the move that would take us to 2000. Now, yep. again, what's going to be the underlying force behind it uh, is every anybody's guess. But what I wanted to add, thank you, Sonny, very much for that, because mm-hmm. that adds just to the total picture. Um, but, Jim, I think it's important for people to know that gold does give a return. You just have to know how to do it. And there are so many different ways to actually trade gold by using GLD and the GLD options. And so I want to toss that out there because I think that, Jim, you might get a lot of questions, people coming to you saying, well, how do I do that? Um, so I just think it's, it's, it is something that we people that are offering how to do things need to kind of be aware. There are a lot of stuff that can be put together in gold uh, and silver and so, you know, you can do things, you know, the whole name of the game is tapping the power of gold to build and protect your wealth. That's the whole gig. Mm-hmm. So um, I just need to put that out there because I think it's important for people to realize it does and it can provide a return. You just yeah. need to get you need to get in touch with somebody who actually knows how to do it. Yeah, it is a little bit more complicated and it does require. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, you've got uh, when you get a move from 1700 to 1950, you know, the premiums are going to be kind of big. So you have to be careful that way. And then, of course, when you're buying these coins or whatever, there's big premiums on those as well. So, you know, sometimes I gravitate just to the equities uh, on it, because obviously, uh, if gold is going to go through the roof, uh, many of these equities are going to have a leverage because, you know, they are leveraged to the price of gold. And, uh, you know, there's a big, uh, a big drop in Newmont Mining today, NEM, for those guys watching, uh, because they are trying to buy this uh, Australian uh, company, uh, and it's a $17 billion purchase, and that'll get them into copper as well as the gold. So on a longer-term basis, if it works, 
that might be very, very helpful nice. to Newmont. And Newmont yeah. does pay four or five percent dividend. So it's something where you hold on to something that's gold related and you get income off it at the same time. It did, right. you know, when I was keen on it uh, last year, it did go up all the way to almost 90 from 30. So obviously I like that one. But uh, since then, it was, it's been on the defensive quite a bit. It was kind of a bargain at 40 for a little while. But I'm monitoring that now because right now, uh, it's a situation where um, if they get this company, you know, they're going to be a heck of a, a, a heck of a group. Um, right. But the moving average is the 50 days at 49 and a half and the 200s at 52. So it's still got a negative vibe to it. So I'm more monitoring it. I think if it starts closing about 52 bucks, that would be uh, the, the sign that uh, uh, whatever's going to happen is going to be, you know, pretty good. So I would use 52 and 49 as areas where if it gets above that level, it would become much more interesting. And then again, if you can get into something that pays you four or 5% on your money while you're holding it, plus you've got a gold uh, and copper, if they get this place, that's not the worst place to be looking out. No. And that's why I kind of brought it up because I wanted you to put in all what you've just said. Yeah. Yeah. So I like I say, I mean, and then that, that in my view, it's the Cadillac of, uh, you know, it's one of the, if you ever look at any gold funds, you know, uh, Newmont is always generally uh, right in there at the top of the heap. Uh, so it yeah. is, uh, in my opinion, the Cadillac of the metals, but it has not been good uh, since it hit 90 and went all the way down to 45. So is it cash and stock, do you know, or is it, uh, how are they, how are they doing it? I didn't uh, exactly get all the details on it. All I saw was 17 billion and I saw the word copper so i can see a they're trying to corner a lot more supply and b they know this copper has got a very bright future because infrastructure is going to be a big deal looking forward and and also these electric cars and copper you know is being run by peru and chile not exactly the most stable resources of supply right <laughs> And so the next thing you know, if you get a whole bunch of demand for copper and you got some guys in Chile and Peru, you know, who work uh, three days a week or whatever, you know, uh, you could have a squeeze on supply demand there. So that's that's uh, looking forward. Um, and of course, Freeport, McMoran's the Cadillac and copper, as far as I'm concerned, too. But uh, yeah, let's go back uh, here um, uh, to uh, to the markets on um on some of the other stuff, because I think one thing we should talk about is energy, because um, in my work, uh, crude oil has very, very important support at 67 and 68, that if it holds, you know, you could be looking at the low uh, that you're going to see. And then on natural gas, the darn thing went from 10 down to 230 which is a, almost an 80% drop in price. So um, why don't we get your opinions on both of those two areas? Because the vibe out there is, is that, you know, the demand on natural gas is going to pick up dramatically as we look forward, and that's going to be bullish. And the um, LNG uh, that China needs, and China is 15% of world demand for energy, and they're going to really expand it. So some people are saying, um, you know, LNG demand, which would be Chenier Energy, and another one, and those ones that deal in um, exploration and development on the energy front um, might be quite good. So you want to start out um, and look at um, crude oil, uh, Sonny, and then we'll, we'll run over to Michael and get his view. Okie dokie. Crude oil is going sideways. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, Do you uh, see, where's your green line? Come in around 67, 68 down the bottom? 71.97. Okay. I was looking at a 20-year graph, so it's a little longer term, you know. Okay. Well, we can do that. Let's look at a monthly. Just 
that's as far out as I can go. Oh, we're on the monthly, we're right at a flat DMA, uh, which is telling me exactly what I just said, that it's flat. It's yeah. sideways. And so you're really at that 70 mark, somewhere 70, 71 is really where your important stuff is. Yeah. And if it continues on down, if it breaks below that flat DMA, it's going down to. Oh, yeah. You're going to air pocket. 56. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you got an airport. And that can, hey, listen, anything can happen in these markets, as we all know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what about natural gas? How are you seeing that? I mean, that's got to look LNG. Pretty, uh, yeah. Uh, no, uh, uh, I don't know what the symbol is. Uh, can you? At NG, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And this is on so, a monthly as well. So can you see uh, we're, 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 we're going we're, on down to the bottom band and at uh, 67 cents. Yeah, I mean, that's unreal. But can you see, uh, you know, you want to talk about a reversion to the mean potential? Is this thing screaming out a potential reversion? To 6.022. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is again. You know, uh, we, we have to all get rid of our gas stoves, you know, so. Oh, yeah, California, California by 2030, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll get, well, I have a gas stove so that I put in a couple of years ago. Could that ever be overturned? Um, no, we're going to have to have more try. research because yeah. I mean, you know, this idea of going everybody into electric cars uh, certainly uh, is a lot longer runway than they anticipated. So mm -hmm. maybe the appropriateness of ditching natural gas is not uh, an appropriate thing either. So they want everyone to go electric, I guess. Is that what they want to do? They want us to do the magnetic induction energies things. So we'll all it. be magnetized, but we'll be able to breathe. Uh, glow in the dark, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> I already glow in the dark, Michael. But yeah, that maybe. is a state that is a state thing. And if new people came into the state, is it possible? Uh, new elected officials, is it possible that could be moderated? Oh, it is. anything can be moderated until it's law. And then even then they can file lawsuits against it. And, you yeah. know, this right. could go on for many years. Right. But this does I give you an idea. This does give you an idea of a reversion to the mean potential that is very, very significant. I think it's only on new brand new stoves, right? They're not, not going to force people. They to want, yeah, as long as you're you're grandfathered in, if you, if you don't buy a new one. Yeah. Oh, I got you. So if you went to Home Depot and bought a new one, it's going to have to go with this other new uh, energy source. Right. Now, why don't we put up uh, LNG because that is uh, you know the big one for uh, Chenier Energy monthly, or you want to go back to daily? Well, let's go to monthly just so you can see on the monthly, it's right on support there, isn't it? It is. It's right there at the at the flat DMA again. Is this is indecision time? Oh yeah. Oh, is it going to go up from there or down? It's hard to tell. Yeah, I think both the I oil and gas that you showed us uh, is they're either going to hold this 70 ballpark area on crude and or and this natural gas is going to hold this uh, 230 and have a reversion trade or it's going to go into the abyss. Yeah, which is a exactly. which is a great which is a great place to start you know thinking about it because you know every time I've seen anything that gets extremely overdone like Freeport McMoran when it went down to eight dollars and it's something that people need like copper we're not going to go you know we're not going to never use copper again right uh, sometimes you get a tremendously uh, interesting buying opportunity and mm -hmm. so it wouldn't surprise me if this could be that and at least since you're on the support. You could cut and run pretty fast afterwards if, in fact, it didn't work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, uh, yeah. I just uh, watch when it gets to a flat DMA like this, I watch yeah. price action very closely. Now, let's look so. at the three uh, forms of um, uh, the three forms on your stuff, and then I'm going to flip it over to Michael. Uh, let's look at uh, XLE, XOP, and OIH. 
Yeah. Those are the those are the three formats, uh, the three ETFs that are uh, energy related. So here's uh, XLE. We have a slightly upsloping DMA, and we have gold on the histogram and gold on the who's on top dots. So this, uh, as opposed to those other things, this is actually looking like it's going to move up. So 84, 85 bucks should be the floor on that if it's going to be any good. Otherwise, you got the air pocket down yeah, into the and 70. 90, 94 up near the top. Yeah. Yeah, my my uh, view has been it has to get above eighty three and ninety three if you have any real um, substantial potential, and that view has been pretty uh, pretty well kept you out of the water on this. What about uh, the next guy XOP, which is I think the uh, so, ex exploration people. And that's interesting because we're moving down on that one. Uh huh. So with purple is on top now, the purple DMA is on top, which means signifies down move coming. And then to get and to, to reverse that, you'd have to get above 140. You'd have to get above the DMA at uh, 140. Yep, 84. Okay, so basically on the XOP plus 141 uh, would be an indicator that maybe it's turning a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, and then, then an interesting trend line here that's sloping down. Yeah. And what's that green one that it's almost uh, hitting right now? That midpoint is that? Right or? here. Yeah, that comes in around one thirty. That's the inner, lower inner band, and yeah. it's one twenty eight nineteen. Okay, so that's a good number to people to keep a little mm -hmm. eye on too, because you'll notice that it goes to the uh, middle of the interband quite a bit, and then it moves out it of does, there. Does and that just shows a weak move? Yeah, so, so that's a good one twenty. It could go there yeah. and bounce very easily. Yeah, above one forty one and uh, under one twenty eight. Those are the parameters to definitely keep an eye on as far as the bands are concerned. And then mm -hmm. you got the reversion to the mean potential again. Mm -hmm. exactly. Now you got those are the exploring guys. Let's go to the servicers, and that's OIH. You know, those are going to be, I think, your Baker Hughes and your Halliburtons and those kind of guys, Slumberjay. And we've got a sell signal on that. Even though gold is on top and the DMA is sloping upward, we've got a little sell signal going on here. We've yeah. got red on the histogram. Okay. It's likely we're going on down to 284. So the Exxons and the and the uh, and the Chevrons have had a correction. The exploratory guys, they've had a, a correction. This one has not had the correction. Uh, but what it looks is like this, one? this is uh, the servicers. You know, they they are the Halliburton's, the Slumberjays, the Baker uses mm -hmm. of the world. Okay. And um, and they have been hesitant to come down, to be honest, as you can see. They mm -hmm. have been hesitant to come down. So it's possible that uh, midpoint band there may hold water. Where's that midpoint that's kind of holding on right now? Is that about way before? Oh, right up here. Yeah. Where are that about two? Uh, 315.77. And 315. And then other than that, uh, it looks like a 290 deal. 285. Yeah. 290. Right, yeah. right in here. So that's not bad parameters either. All right, let's switch over to uh, Michael and see what he sees in the energy market. Because, you know, there's not many uh, sectors that look like they're uh, undervalued or whatever, you know, or near the lower end. You know, everything has gone through the roof and people have forgotten the energy trade a little bit here. So it's it'll be interesting to see if there's real value here or not. Right. Yeah. Because there is a lot of people who are not the dumbest guys on the block who are still uh, telling us that by next spring, you're going to have a much different energy picture uh, than you, uh, spring and summer is going to be a lot different. And this China deal is going to be a lot different. So, you know, this stuff is on sale right now. And uh, it's on sale. I like that. <laughs> it is. That's when I, I come out of the woodwork, you know, where we <laughs> yeah. pulled into we've pulled into strong support, which is that 72 area. Mm hmm. 
70, 72. And next up is right on the nose. Didn't you say 62, 63? Well, I was actually in the 67 area on my stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I think if it starts breaking under 70, you're probably in trouble. It could. Yeah. But I agree. I agree with what you're saying as well. Because yeah. normally what I would say is is when you get in between these two fibs, there any and, and the structure itself then becomes the dominant force that's going to tell you where you're getting a low. So again, if we're if we're just counting from here, first five, that's the intervening, and now we're into the second. And so I think this coming off, we we likely have one more little downswing to do, and it should pull in below uh, sixty nine ninety. But I would say anything below there, as long yeah. as you can be able to count down on a daily, or even if you're going to come down and work off an hourly chart, see that's even more convincing. You're going to be looking for uh, the five waves. And so there, these declines are, are beautiful. And I, this is just a recovery. So I agree with that. But I think that that is then the time you step in and you start. Well, I like the RSI right here. I mean, you got a much lower RSI when you're at 73, and then you went down to 72.34, and that's a much higher RSI. So that's not a bad sign, because that's really, that gave me the sell signal last week on the stock market, is uh, we had a high point, and then we had a rally back to the high point. RSI differential was like 74 on one, and then 56 on the rally. You know, when right. you see 56 against 74, that's a divergent, buddy. And so that was, a, and that was around 4208. So that's, um, I like this divergent stuff as far as turning points are concerned, because it kind of gives you an idea of exhaustion. Right. And I think that, I think we're very quickly approaching that level. Um, natural gas now, this is, this is the tricky one, but I do agree with what you're saying, Jim. Um, I don't think we drop out of the sky on this any more than we already have. Um but that decline has just been fantastic. Now, if we just look at it cyclically and when do uh, producers or just, you know, the large users, when they come in to collect inventory because they need to get ready for next year, for the balance of this year. And the air conditioning season of the summer. So they start buying March, April, May. And when you start to look at like, when, when, does, when do these things top out? When do they top out? They top out July. August, you think like, okay, what's going on? And then here we're now moving into winter and now we're definitely in winter and it's cold. Yeah. And but they're saying that they're the saying that the cold snap in Europe is going to mobilize a lot of this stuff. And, and uh, over in uh, China, I guess they've got um, boats or whatever out there waiting to deliver stuff. So it could change the dynamic. I mean, I listen, like I say, it's obviously a very negative looking chart. The only idea here would be is that, is this a product that is going to, uh, you know, get in bigger demand? And is it a situation where, you know, there's a reversion rally potential? And there's a possibility of saying yes to those two things. There are definite possibility of saying yes to both of those things. And I, that's why I think it's like, I don't know if I'd be stepping in and testing the waters here. I think I would want to see <clears throat> some evidence that, you know, buyers are back. Yeah. And and again, because it's the commodity, because it's natural gas, it's not that it's like we're buying the stock because we think it's going to pay a great dividend or we're buying the stock because we think it's going to go up. You're 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 filling inventory here. Right. And if you're going to go in and trade this as as a day trader, position trader, whatever, you got to make sure that you're you're going in at the right time. Now, because a lot of people get confused, they would say, oh, you know, Europe, China, coal spells, they should be buying natural gas. It's like they already have it. And also, does this scream of commercial hedging? <laughs> 
no, yeah. In other words, when you go from 10 to six, then six, ten, it sounds like the every Tom, Dick and Harry who's in this business is hedging something. Right. And if they lift their hedges off, who's going to be left to sell? Nobody. Yeah. So in other words, that's another factor that I'd be thinking about as well. Now, like right. I said, like uh, Sonny says, this thing could go to 50 cents. And, uh, you know, obviously that would be creating uh, historic prices. But, uh, you know, the, when you buy the companies that are in this stuff, you know, then you're looking at them. Uh, what's their profitability at certain levels and what's the demand for their product? You know, the actual speculation on the futures contract is a very rough racket because this stuff moves so fast and the leverage in it is so great that uh, the average Joe trying to trade natural gas is in for uh, a pretty wild ride. <laughs> a rude awakening. Yeah, a rude awakening. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's also a limit up, limit down kind of deal where, you know, you wake up one morning and it's going limit down and, you know, you can't get out and this and that. So, uh, you know, if you really want to avoid, uh, you know, that type of uh, leverage and nightmarish thing, you know, looking right. towards the equities is sometimes what people try to do. Mm-hmm. But I think here it's like this monthly chart. It, it That's not a nice chart. It's a very bearish chart. Even <laughs> yeah. if we look at here, that that's up. There's down. We maybe get a little rally. We got another leg. Yeah. I think we got another leg down, and then it draws in a buck forty-one. Any Fibonacci numbers would be worthwhile to take a look at. Uh, uh, if I had to, I would kind of do as follows, and we're just measuring downside right now. What look what it did. Yeah, I came down and hit it on the nose. Hit it on the nose today. There's something in my stomach. You know what I mean? I could so, just, I could just feel. It seems like something we should talk about today. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think you got a good point there. Um, but the next one, I, I really, it's going to be a little bit harder to put in simply yeah. because I don't have that connection point. Like I'm putting in extensions, and if I, I need the upside move. I mean, we can do. Uh, let's just do one, just to kind of give a thought process and again starting at this top versus that top um because i'm going to be looking for that fifth wave so let me go here and i'm just going to go here and then come back up and let's come like it's maybe rallies back to three and a half these are this is guesstimates folks pure unadulterated guesstimates you got first support right at that x low on the nose at 142 143 but Mm -hmm it really has the potential to continue and it should continue. Um, oh yeah. Now we're into, into yeah, I'm saying this is not, this is, this is just something, you know, that is, is been discounted. And it's, so it's something to take a look at. You can see by the Fibonacci's that, uh, you know, there's a trap door on it as well. And that's the risk. Yes. And that's a big trap door because my fibs are going to do it. They're, they're showing exactly what Sonny's, uh, the Sunny bands were, were telling us that, hey, if it starts to break, it has potential for 62 cents. Well, there you see it right there. But I think that's the level. Now, Michael, there's one last thing before we run out of time. Put the soybeans up there because, again, you know, uh, the demand for energy could be quite uh, strong and the supply demand dynamic uh, could be very good because it takes a lot of CapEx to go look for oil. So that's what keeps the supplies possibly tight because you got China and you got us with the summer spring coming and you got companies that don't want to spend money to look for stuff. So that creates the supply demand. But for farmers to plant more soybeans is not capital intensive and that could happen very easily. And that's why I was thinking this thing has peaked at 1550 and you could be looking at a substantial drop. Is there any evidence that I could be correct on that? Right now, it, it's um, this is a monthly. Right now, it's hugging. Yes, right. Moving averages. Right. So right. 
your first click would be if it drops below that. And we know beans can go in a heartbeat, whip right through it. Um, and there's your levels. We've obviously had this conversation before because the only one I would put up the levels in soybeans is you. Yeah. So we, we've no, because I'm, I'm just using my periscope to try to find out where there could be some decent value as far as a large move is concerned. And this thing obviously started out, if you, you know, go back uh, a few years, like on a, um, you know, a 10 year graph. I mean, the thing started at seven and eight. And so it went up to like 18, 19 and then or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and you can see it's not uh, been able to retest that altitude. No, and, and like I say, we are going into the planting season. You realize that, uh, you know, the planting right. season is dead ahead. So if they start announcing that uh, acreage has increased dramatically and, you know, there's always a wild card with weather, but you know, you just never, if we, uh, if we went to um, like, okay, right now you're look. how about if we looked at something like the, um, uh, the weekly, what does the weekly look like? Flat. Yeah. Well, That's my, what I'm saying. It, it's in that decision-making thing. And what about um, on the, what uh, I have to, I, here's what I'm going to share with you. Yeah. This, this pattern that's corrective. The next move should be down. And what I about would, on the daily? I, what about on the daily? What's that daily look like? The daily same look at. Yeah. It's premature. We, I, I it's premature a little bit. Up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been there for a while and they have not, they've gone and tested it. Yeah. But they're not breaking it. So on the daily, if it starts to break below, we got the 250 flat as a pancake, which is kind of telling you it's not really going to go anywhere. <clears throat> Although the right RSI now. looks like it's uh, de 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 uh, degrading. It is. But that's because we've had now two days of, you yeah, know. We need more evidence, but it's something to keep an eye on, eh? Right. I think if it, what if we break uh, uh, 15, 12, yeah. and then in turn 1,500, let's say it, you know, 1,492, 1,487, it's gone. It'll be gone yeah. and it'll yeah. drop fast. Yeah. So the thing is, it's like when you've got a rally up and they start to drop past these points of support, it drops fast because the, the, the support kind of disappears because of the rally. So yeah. it could go fast. And then you'd uh, on the stock side, you'd have to keep an eye on CF and uh, MOS, which are your fertilizers, and uh, Archer Daniels Midland, Midland, ADM, and Cargill. They're the other guys in that business. And so they're you know, already that, going, they're already headed lower. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's why I, I say, you know, it seems like the winds of change are blowing and, you know, um, uh, no pun intended. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll have to see. We'll have to see because, you know, we know. All right. We're going to hit the top of the hour. We're going to go back to Sunny and Sunny's going to tell us what's happening at Money Mentor and how to get a hold of her and what she's going to do for you when you get a hold of her. So, Sunny, you're up. Well, thank you, Jim. Uh, I'm a mathematician, trader and programmer. I've been trading professionally for 42 years. I love to coach people and help them. Uh, learn to trade or better their own trading skills. And I'm an easy language programmer. I have a live trading room on Tuesday mornings and sunny side of the street every Sunday night, going over 15 markets and what I see Sunny Bands doing with them. And I have a free podcast called The Sunny Harris Show. Okay. And they can check that out by going to your website, moneymentor.com. Yep. Okay, that's perfect. Um, Michael, uh, again, how can we get a hold of you there? And uh, what are they going to find out when they do? Okay. Um, again, the websites are tradersupandtraders.com and logicalsignals.com. And primarily, if you want to get a hold of me, email me, michael at mjf, the number one, partners.com. And I always answer my emails. And again, I also have a trade room. Um, I also 
provide daily updates on the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ 100, both the futures. And, uh, and, I, and I have coaching. So, and I've got some things in the work, but I'm not going to go out and spill the beans just yet. Uh, but I have uh, reconnected with my first teacher and uh, in Elliot, and his name is Dan Ascani. And he and I have published buckets, and um, I hold him fully responsible for turning me into the gold bug that I am, showing <laughs> a lot of stuff in in the in the hopper getting ready. Oh, that's perfect. Okay, guys, as far as option professor, O-P-T-I-O-N, professor.com, there's three things I can do for you. One is a PDF on protecting your portfolio against declines, as well as upside surprises, which we've had in the last 90 days. You could have hedged yourself against that. And number two, our best stocks by sector. And finally, a one-on-one review online with me, where we go over our ideas that are working and review yours as well. So that's optionprofessor.com. Put your stuff in there and I'll talk to you then. All right, guys, we had a great show here. And a lot of stuff I think is very interesting is uh, energy and agriculture could be quite interesting looking forward. Um, David, I'm sending it back over to you. All right. Fantastic. Thank you, Thank you guys. Yep. All right. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Great discussion again. So just a quick reminder for everyone, be sure to subscribe to Timing Research on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. And uh, now also on St- Substack. So and then you can also just go to timingresearch.com uh, to to get access to any of the shows or events that way. Um, we had a huge event, uh, what was that, the uh, week before last, uh, where we did uh, almost 30 presentations on uh, the theme was Tech Wizards. So all platforms and apps and indicators, that sort of thing for trading and investing. If you missed that, just go to timingresearch.com and you can scroll back uh, and find the archive for that. A lot of good presentations there. So uh, just want to thank my guests again for today. Sonny Harris of moneymentor.com and Michael Filigera of logicalsignals.com and tradershelpingtraders.com and the option professor of optionprofessor.com. Thanks, everyone. Thank Thank you, you, David. David.